Hi, my name is Rachel Perry. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career aged 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. Welcome back to another Dose of Inspiration. And this week's guest has such a long list of achievements that it's hard to know where to start. So this week we have the pleasure of talking with the go-to television expert on consumer and retail, Kate Hardcastle, now MBE, otherwise known as the Customer Whisperer. So thank you for finding time for me today, Kate, because I know how ridiculously busy your schedule is. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. How do you describe yourself when you've got so many different hats on with running your own business and the TV work that you do? I describe myself as busy and knackered. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, I think the thing is, for me, it doesn't feel in any way disjointed or as if it's lots of different strands. I appreciate sometimes from the outside in, it might appear as if I have many hats. But I have spent my whole life's work of adulthood trying to understand customers and understand how to serve them in the best way. And it doesn't really matter if I'm on a commercial business project for a very large business or a very small business or my philanthropic work with community businesses or indeed even charities that I work with as a volunteer, the people I investigate and research and understand are the same people. It's the same people who are buying a house are putting pennies into a charity collection box and their behaviours, and the, the very interesting and engaging way they behave is what I'm all about. So it's just always a different way of cutting up the same pie, really. It's how can we best get that consumer to learn more about that business, learn more about that brand, or even indeed engage more with that charity. Yeah, I mean, you really position yourself in the media, certainly as the expert to go to on on all things consumer and retail. How did you know from an early age that this is the kind of career you wanted or if it just slowly, naturally progressed? I think I have got an inquisitive nature, which certainly has helped me because you cannot imagine the amount of geek work I have to do um, to, to sound quite well informed on a very small two or three minute interview on perhaps the results for a very large retailer. Mm. I will have had to absorb five or six years of their previous reports look at their patterning, understand where they are, look at their consumer engagement. This is not small amount of work, so it's consistent. And I think that inquisitive nature keeps me going through that because it can get very, very yeah, detailed at times. It's not glamorous. Um, so that's when people sort of uh, on social media very kindly say you're looking a bit tired because you're on a 6am broadcast <laughs> with not as much makeup on because you've been doing your research up to the last minute. You think, oh, well, thanks for that. I'd rather you just commented on what I said because yes. that's where I've been doing all the prep work. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you could articulate, I want to do the, the, the kind of the, the work I'm doing today or even indeed what I do today. Two reasons, really. I think 
even when I started out in boardrooms 20 years ago, I was called the flowery one, the fluffy one, because it was all about emotional sell and insight. And no one really wanted to talk about that. It was mm. only very sophisticated companies that did. And we now know it's all about that. Uh, even the work you do is absolutely pounding the hearts and minds of people. Mm. Um, we're all touched and connected into it. And I think also that... It's, like I said, a very unique combination I've found myself. The media was completely accidental and I was almost bribed into it. So that has become a very welcome part of my career, but not something I aspired to. I mean, when you first started, was it really quite a predominantly male Oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, so many stories. This podcast's not long enough. It'll probably <laughs> run out of tape. Um, yes. Uh, I have to say at the outset... Were it not for some wonderful male chairman, CEO, people that I've worked with in my time, in my career, I just wouldn't be where I am today. So I've worked with brilliant men, mm. but I've also worked in incredibly sexist environments where it was very difficult being the first woman often the first uh, younger woman at the board table i worked internationally so often i would be visiting sites in guangzhou in china as the first caucasian woman that anyone had ever even seen in real life mm. um and some of those experiences i wouldn't say haunt me but they just weren't appropriate they weren't acceptable there were things that people would be horrified by today um, you know, a lot of the time without the mobile phone, the technology to feel connected with the world and get help. I, I kind of have a few good after dinner stories to tell. Um, but I think I, it, it, my nature is um, onwards and upwards. My nature is trying to understand how maybe I can build a bridge that's a bit stronger and a bit healthier for the, the lady behind me to, to walk mm. on as well. So when you, those times, so there must have been times when you were really thinking, gosh, this is just too hard and I'm not quite sure if this is for me. What's the thing that kept you going, just your drive to make things better? I think that's a really interesting question. And I will share just slightly that um, one of my most inspiring mentors was my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, who was disabled um he had a terrible accident in in his teen years and um had an artificial leg and i lived with this gentleman who was a fully trained accountant and put himself through school he also had a shop which was his home and his house mm. so then would come after being an accountant and serve to help the family shop run for longer and was brilliant at customer service he was charity umpire of the cricket club, singer in the pantomimes and shows, uh, went round doing the Christmas carol. You know, yeah. he just was a phenomenon. And he never commented, he never talked about being tight. He was just absolutely passionate and excited by life. So I think a lot of that has rubbed off, really. And I feel that I am driven to try and follow in those footsteps and just try and you know have half of that mm. uh, life and buoyancy he was very kind in spirit and he put other people first and i think for me that's the most important thing yeah. a lot of the initiatives aren't for me so i don't feel like i'm being selfish in doing them yeah that's no, amazing i mean what a great mentor to be around how easy has it been for you? Because now you are kind of more in front of the camera than you probably anticipated when you first started doing this. How's that kind of transition to, I suppose you've become a TV personality, really. How comfortable are you with that? 
Oh, that's why I need people like you in my life. <laughs> because I go onto Instagram and I see you being uh, beautiful and confident and uh, looking powerful. And I think, just take a leaf out of Rachel's book. Oh, it's all going to be fine today. Um, it's, re it's really challenging because I see my job as being someone who is articulating a lot of data information research behind the scenes in business and trying to make it relevant and interesting for people so if that's on rip off britain i'm using the information i know to try and get people who are complaining about a holiday that went wrong and trying to get them a result yeah. if it's on the today program on radio 4 it's helping uh, an informed audience understand more about a very unique or special story that i have been covering uh, if it's on Eat, Shop, Save, it's living with families and helping them, support them, make them realise there are choices around diet and health and your shopping that can make you feel good because you can eliminate some of those big worries in life like, you know, finances. Yeah. So I've been doing it 10 years now. But then you have these programmes aired and, you know, believe it or not, you don't sit in front of the television no, and come out. You get yeah. on with life. And then, you know, there'll be sometimes very very lovely supportive messages and then unfortunately this howler will just come in really sort of gut punch you from nowhere which is you know have you seen your teeth you need to get your teeth straightened oh. or your hair looks a mess or you know as I say you look tired or and I don't mind people challenge me if it's fairly on what mm. I've said because I'm meant to be informed and I'm meant to yeah. get an opinion that's and that's job. what it's about yeah. but goodness yeah. do do I feel still ready to deal with some of the criticism and you know I am not on tv as a supermodel I am not uh trying to suggest in any which way that I uh you know I'm, I'm someone that should be uh both looks so I do look forward to a day where people can go on as experts and be viewed as experts purely. Um, I don't see a day when that might happen in my lifetime. Mm. But I think if we could get rid of some of that awful, uh, I can't, it's nothing else other than bullying, is it, that yeah, goes it along with it, yeah. then I think we will actually get even more uh, informed TV programs because when I'm talking or listening about a history of something or something is exciting me and I don't know very much about that I do want the experts who know about that who've researched that on I do want to hear opinions I find it you know a really interesting bit generally yeah um, I would hate to think those people were scared off because they might have had some of the same treatment I have yeah exactly and it's just this kind of judgment that's just ingrained in society isn't it Yes, yes. And I, I, I feel I can connect with my consumers in all different types of retail businesses it's so much. Even if it's not my life, I've got such empathy and I can understand where a lot of it comes from. But this is an area where I really struggle to connect the mm. dots. I know that it might be because someone has had a bad experience or they're feeling negative about themselves. But this idea that you would reflect that on somebody else, and particularly someone you don't even know, is just... Yeah breathtaking yeah. sometimes but I mean, is that one of the things that's prompted you to like because you're the founder of the positive image charity aren't you um mm. what was the what can you tell us a little bit about that project and what made you start it up 
So I'd just become a new mum and I'd founded a, a business a couple of years beforehand and I was also heavily involved with charities and I thought, oh, I know, let me do something else to make life even busier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, no, I was, a, I was a mum of a young, I still am a mum of a, a girl, uh, two girls now actually, and a boy. But at the time I was a mum of one young two-year-old girl and I was reading, as we do, an article on how young girls as young as eight were trying to abuse their bodies mm. because they were so upset with the way they looked. Yeah. And I was reading also in 2011 about suicide increase. Um, and I looked at this beautiful sleeping little thing next to me and thought, none of us can be okay with yeah. this. Not, none of us as grown adults can sit and think, well, that's just how it is. Because if it's a charity appeal, like many, you know, I want to know how I can support, how I can help. Um, we can't do everything. But goodness me, perfectly in other ways, healthy children wanting to, uh, you know, hurt themselves mm -hmm. because of these overpowering feelings. And I looked into if you were a young child of that age, where you might turn to, if not your parents. Because having gone through feelings of a similar nature when I was young, I know that it's probably not your parents mm. because your parents are always going to say in general that they love you and that you're great and the bullies at school are just jealous, uh, which seemed to me the most ridiculous thing in the world. These people are not yeah. jealous of me. They just want to punch yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... I thought, you know, if there was a perfectly good solution there, I wouldn't ever want to change something that's already good. I would lend my voice to it. But there seemed to be a need to try and pull together more uh, free of charge mentoring support. People like you or uh, Tina Borden, who we know is, mm. is a mutual friend, who would be willing to lend a little bit of time going to schools and colleges and say, do you know what? My story wasn't perfect. This is not some Cinderella story. This is what I went through. This is my experience. It's normal to feel like this. And if then that person needed also signposting to particular charities that did have answers, uh, for instance, BEAT, which is the eating disorder charity, we would then be able to, to do that. But to just add some support to um, a whole set of young people who had a crisis confidence. And I think... We, you know, we're 2019 now, it's seven years on. We've got some activities again later on this year. I think we just add to some of the brilliant organisations out there. Yes. But I think that's okay. In a lot of areas, I'm saying, well, maybe we've got a lot of charities and we've got a lot of people trying to do the same thing and would it be better if you work together? Our crisis of confidence in our young people is a huge epidemic and there's just not enough resource to deal with yeah. it. So as far as I'm concerned, it's like just get all hands on decks because if you just have the right person stood in front of just one student and they say something that connects yeah. and just helps them turn a corner, that's, that's a good piece of work as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And we set it up as a campaign and not a charity because I, I fund it. I don't want any money. Right. I've never taken any money for it from anyone. I've just made it and enabled it to happen as, as part of a support service. That's fantastic. And you're right. I mean, the, the, the kind of mental health is such a it's you know the, it's on the increase now these young young people are really struggling with their body confidence and, and mental well-being um so i'd say even since you started it, it's probably got worse so it's really important 
It has just because of, I mean, we know what the triggers are, things like social media. Yeah. So the more people use social media, the more they're exposed to images that can prompt uh, as much as it connect people and make people feel great. And I, I do love social media. I wouldn't be doing this if it yeah. wasn't for social yeah. media. Um, I wouldn't have it connected with you, but it can also bring huge challenges. And it is like a huge mirror that reflects back on these young people and on a lot of adults too, mm. to say, in some way, unfortunately, uh, that feeling you have of not being good enough, well, this is someone else who's having a better life or a better existence or looking better than you. Mm. And um, I would love more truth telling out there. I really yeah. would. I am so passionate about people I meet along the way that are out there telling good truths about what life's really like. And uh, by the way, um, you might think that I've got nice hair, but have a look at my middle toe which is better yeah. you know, i don't know yeah. you know just something that brings the normality crashing back into yeah. it yeah i mean you're also champion for women in business and sports and media aren't you um mm. so that's another area isn't it that getting women interested in sports to help raise their confidence and, and increase their kind of healthy lifestyle it's all part of the same kind of umbrella really isn't it oh for sure sport and music were my saviors mm. Um, music I got into a band and started singing and that camaraderie and having purpose and feeling good about a different outcome was helpful and uh, getting into sport I'd, I'd love the idea of sport I run like Phoebe out of friends so um, I was <laughs> quickly told you are not going to be part of our first team step aside and sat on the bench and thankfully um, even though I have um quite a messed up set of teeth because of it um i found rugby league and no i played from being 13 to 17 right. um i did try out for the women's teams but i just don't have the i just wasn't physically strong enough for a, a lot of these amazing women but um i absolutely loved it mm. i i found so much confidence in you know i was fit i was so fit and healthy i was training every day and you do, I did, find huge peace of mind. And I, I really did get mental health benefits as well as the physical health benefits from it. I mean, I've met on social media so many women, particularly over 40, that have suddenly started up new sports um, and different hobbies. And they just, it's just enhanced their life immeasurably. What do you think can be done more in the media and advertising to kind of improve the way that women over 40 are, are represented in that area? Oh, I think we've just got so much work still to do. Mm. I feel frustrated that it becomes a new story if someone uses a plus-size mannequin mm. or if someone uses someone over a certain age or of a different uh, demographic or gender or yeah. uh, colour to advertise something. For goodness sake, this shouldn't be news. This just should be commonplace. Yeah. It should be practice. It should happen. So we still don't have, where you know, the... the we don't, we're not in a good place if we're still talking with almost surprise when these things happen. Yeah. I am a woman over 40 and I find it frustrating to see people who I don't associate with advertising products that I want to buy or yeah. engage with. Yeah. So if I do that with 
a different mindset to the average consumer because obviously there's much more layer and, and awareness of what that business is doing. It must be so frustrating to hand over a couple hundred quid on a new dress thinking, well, I didn't feel good about the sales process. I didn't really like the advertising. I do like the dress, mm. but, you know, nothing's overwhelmed me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you find, because you, you're doing all this stuff and, and how do you find your own time for self-care and exercise when you're so busy with everything? I think that's really an area I can improve upon. Mm. Um, I don't think it's the business or the charity or the volunteering that perhaps limits my self-care as much as being a mum of particularly two young children, three children, but yeah. I have three-year-old twins. Oh, so um, that is quite yeah. a quite a um you know a busy household yeah, and one that i want to be really part of so i do yoga uh, with my own practitioner once a week um i attend gym but i've got to be honest having had the twins uh, in what was called a geriatric pregnancy can i say mm -hmm. because i was over 35 um my body's still quite broken so i'm seeing a lot of alternate uh, therapists to try and fix uh, different things like iron levels and mm. all kinds of stuff in in um, in preparing me to get out there and do the stuff I like doing because self care is critical and time for your brain is critical. Mm. Um, but I think you can always make time. It's just for me, I'm not very good at choosing that time over choosing it over spending time with my children, for instance. Yeah. So you know, I have that thing of. Well, yeah, I could swerve to the gym, but actually I get an extra hour with my children yeah. if I go and try to do something later on, uh, you know, via a, uh, an online app. Mm. I mean, you've, you've mentioned briefly about your singing. Is that kind of part of your downtime as well, the fact that you're involved in a band and you can and go out and do gigs? Is that your time to kind of switch off from everything? Yeah, that's a really good point, Rachel. Probably not thought about it as much like that. But yeah, I would imagine that is part of like my headspace mm. on my self-care because... People ask me what I love about it. One, I was a singer before I was anything else. And it gave me such important skills, presentation, the ability to put your game face on, to sense a crowd and to, you know, quickly change a plan, a set list yeah. to that crowd, um, warmth, uh, trying to engage with people of all different walks of life. So many skills came from it. Um, but when I am, a lot of the time, I've done backing singing for quite famous people, you are a musician delivering a very important part of a mixed set of, you know, blended melodies to make music. So you've got to really concentrate. Mm. And no, I don't stand there thinking about the latest M&S figures yeah. when I'm on stage singing. So I, I, you're absolutely right. It probably is a brilliant way for me just to absolutely switch off. Yeah. No, I've listened, I've watched some of your clips of the uh, For Funk's Sake band. It's brilliant. It's really good. <laughs> well, we like it's it. Fun. I mean, we're, we're in our twilight years when it comes to uh, being a band now. But that's how I met my partner. Um, he's a, a phenomenal, awesome drummer. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be involved in some of his projects. And we just are all such good friends. And that's the lovely thing about it. It's a very healthy way to see your friends. Yeah. Because you're not drinking, you know, people aren't... You're looking forward to it. You're excited about the gig. It's it's a very positive way to see friends. Mm. No, I think it's fantastic. So, I mean, you've Thank just you. you've achieved so much in your life so far, and you don't strike me as someone that's easily phased. Um, what does take you out of your comfort zone? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, 
Well, I think things do take me out of my comfort zone. I just deal with it very internally. Right. How do you um, deal with it? A lot of self-talk, a lot of, you know, trying to build myself up. It is always daunting. I only started my media career 10 years ago, and I'm working with people who've been doing it 20, 30 years. There's still things that I'm trying to learn and understand about, uh, you know, certain formats for how you might do a scene or how you might um, do a certain piece to camera. Mm. And I suppose that is quite, uh, I wouldn't say nerve wracking because my nerves are something I dealt with a long time ago as a singer, mm -hmm. um, but something I'm certainly aware that it's not my uh, natural ability to do that. I'm gonna have to learn it. Yeah. I, I, I find reassurance in being an absolute geek and researching the high heaven out of things. I'm also not afraid to pick the phone up to people and say, I want to be better at this, can you help me? Yeah. And finding out expertise and support. I don't feel like I have to bluster my way through something. I'll just gently say, I, I really do need your guidance. So I want this to be as good as it can be for you. Please help me with that. Um, but out of my comfort zone completely, I think the thing I struggle with the most, which will sound really odd, is I travel internationally a hell of a lot. Mm. And you are not in control when you are using transport that is not yours. Yeah. Um, and delays on planes, trains can create absolute havoc. Yeah. And I don't like being late for things yeah. or letting anyone down. No, I don't. I hate it. It makes me feel really anxious. I do feel really. Mm. And that is probably something that I may never, ever fully deal with, but probably affects me nearly every week of my life. Mm. Um, I do fly a lot. I am experiencing a lot of flight delays. Uh, we've got really crazy weather conditions and we've got very crowded airports at the minute. And being tardy because of, of something that is outside of your control is, is not something I, I feel comfortable with or finding my comfort zone at all. Yeah, no, I completely relate to that one. Yeah, but I mean, it's easy to see why you've been awarded the MBE for business and entrepreneurship. So how did that Thank feel? Thank you. How, was, how exciting was that? Let me tell you how I found out about my MBA. Yes. I found out at my MBA an hour before I was about to be operated on in New York to have my appendix oh, removed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I actually, my first reaction was, that's really nice, but please get me some more painkillers. Um <laughs> I then obviously uh, came out from the operation. I was working out there, so I had a lot of pressure on me. And it felt almost surreal, mm. which could have been the haze of morphine. Um, <laughs> or it could have just been, this is so unexpected. I was absolutely thrilled to get it for business um, because I have really, really tried, worked very hard to have an ethical business practice. We give back a day a week. Yeah. We've supported over a thousand small businesses for free. I mean, I read and you give twenty percent back of your. That's I mean, right. that's amazing. Yeah, and that was a really hard thing to do. We've been going ten years this year, and let me tell you, year one when you aren't even hitting break even, mm. and you're still giving a day a week of your time and of that of your staff as well. Yeah. That is something you are constantly hauling yourself over hot coals going, this is a very lovely thing to do, but you just purely can't afford it. You're not going to eat, yeah. uh, you know, or pay the bills if you carry on doing this. So to be 10 years on for that and 
to also be recognised for the points of light from Downing Street from it. Yeah. My only hope was that people might read that part of the story and think, well, actually, we might be able to do more yes. as a business. Yeah. Um, because my mentor was Dermanita Roddick, who was a legend. And I thought one of the best business practitioners of having a very profitable business, but also doing so much good for so many others. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Mm. I mean, so these, that came across, the MBE was in your, uh, was last year. So that was the same year as when you turned 40 as well, wasn't it? I turned you at 40 year before, right, actually. Uh, yes, uh, 2016. Right. Um, I didn't celebrate with a 40th. I celebrated with a 21 years in business <laughs> <and> charity work because <laughs> um, I didn't fancy seeing those uh, four zero figures. I've always been one, someone who wanted to grow up fast, so I've never really been worried about my age. Right. I think growing up fast has come very much from a, you know, wanting to get out of the mentality of being bullied and being able to have voice and a platform and things. Yeah. But B also, I also had to, um, I was I was a very fast track person in business. So I kind of reached for an older age so that I would get more responsibility and people would trust me more and yeah. have more respect for me maybe because I was older. So it wasn't the four zero thing I was worried about too much, but I just thought, well, you know, I'd rather celebrate something that matters to me and what I've achieved in that time I think mm -hmm. um, and it was great we had oh my goodness so we had food from all of the different restaurants and hotels that I love around the world served um, it was 200 guests they were all given flat caps and Yorkshire beer on arrival oh, and there was a big Yorkshire brass band uh, then we had lots of different music tributes. Uh, Gloria Estefan sent a message, Harry Colling Jr., Ben Folds, Andrew Rochford actually was there to play. And by the end of the night, everyone was given a yellow feather boa and dancing to Barry Manilow's Copacabana. So Lovely. to say it was a night of many, many different uh, elements is an understatement, but it was a great way to do it, yeah. And now that you've turned 40, how do you feel about aging now that you're a few years into it? I'm excited mm. and I'm not just saying that I, I see the benefit of experience and maturity mm. um, I, I do ache a lot and like I say a geriatric, geriatric twin pregnancy is no mean feat mm. so anyone listening who's gone through anything like that you know wow you are a wonder mm. amazing yeah. um, and I'm still trying to tape myself back with duct tape and sticky back plastic yeah but i'm excited i'm excited because i really hope and and you know this is where i'm so thankful to you rachel you were doing such tremendous work so it's just been a pleasure to speak to you this morning but i hope there are a few of us good ones that maybe together can start really making some further additional changes mm. so that it really might start to look like a very different picture yeah i do think there is this sense of there's the small groups of women now that are in the 40s and 50s that are pulling together and working towards lots of different projects that are all heading in the same direction. So I do think there is a kind of surge of change, hopefully. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, Katie Hill, mm -hmm. absolute amazing uh, friend of mine. Carol Smiley, yeah. wonderful friend of mine. Uh, Shalene White. Isabel Webster, yeah. uh, there's just so many women I could mention here. I say, I, I every day, uh, you know, for me, social media is a little bit of takeout. And I send, the thing is, I do tell people, I do send messages, I do thank people, because mm. we can sometimes be a bit vacant on social media. If someone's inspired you or made you feel good, tell them. Yeah, because that's why, you know, that's a huge thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Two ears, one mouth, using that order. Right, very good, simple, like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which it don't sound like I'm listening to today, do I? Because I'm talking, but no, that's, yes. yeah, get that. That's really good. Um, last three questions. What mm. favourite song or music always motivates you? This is this is the hardest question, Rachel. I would rather be asked my views on a political stance than my favourite song, <laughs> because I love so many genres. Mm. So many different. I was uh, on Broadway watching musicals last week. I have been in solo Motown and funk bands all of my life. I'm crazy about music like Ben Folds and singer-songwriters like Sarah Bareilles. Mm. Uh, there is just so much, but music is massive. It feeds my soul and it would be a very sad day if I can't find the right song to pick me up and make me feel better. Yeah, fabulous. I mean, it does depend on your day and the mood, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, you know, if you need to go out on stage and you've got something really punchy and exciting, like a Stevie Wonder track to get you revved up to get on that stage and do everything you need to do, or you need to just take some time out to, you know, just be appreciative and be uh, more reflective mm -hmm. and listen to a brilliant songwriter, it, it, you can really, I can change my mood yeah. really easily with music. Brilliant. And what about a book that's inspired you? I am a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Mm. I need someone who uh, is very practical and uh, delivers information in a really interesting, formative way. So if you are more uh, business or inquisitive minded, then I'd really recommend having a look at Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, do you have time to, to switch off and read? Because obviously you're reading so much for your research for work. Do you have time to just stop and pick up a, a book? That's really insightful again because one of my greatest joys is reading. It always was. And actually, your eyes at the end of the day just kind of give up on you and say, you can't do this. Yeah. So I've, I've really been grateful for audiobooks and all the yeah. things because it gives me a way of fulfilling my passion until these heavy tomes of documents stop arriving at my door. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and I think I might, I might know the answer to this one already. Um, who inspires you? Oh, well, it's got to be my kids because mm. they do, because everything you do is for them. And I don't just mean the finance of going out and earning your crust. I want this world to be better for them. So yeah. I want to... I want to do my part in making it better and know I can look them in their eyes and say, I tried, I tried my best and I tried to be kind and I tried to collaborate with other people. But I am inspired by people who are experts at what they do. I'm inspired at people who look to collaborate rather than trying to deliver everything by themselves. I have this saying, I don't know if it's ever any good or not, but I use it every day. And I say that I prefer to build bridges, not thrones. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking for people to collaborate with because doing things together is just easier. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I would much prefer, prefer to work with different people because I learn from them as well. Mm. Um, I just think it's a great way of, of getting on in life, really. Thank you so much. I could talk to you for hours. You're such a fascinating person and you're such a positive role model in the media. So thank you. And I look forward to watching everything that you continue to achieve in the future. If Did you'd her, like Rachel. to know thank more you. about Kate and all her work, please visit kateharcastle.co.uk. You can also follow her on social media on Instagram at RealKateHarcastle or Twitter at KateHarcastle. And I'll be back in a fortnight when I'll be catching up with a lady called Samantha Sweet, who I first met 33 years ago and has now gone on to become co-founder of the award-winning beauty and nail distribution company, Sweet Squared. So we'll be talking about what it takes to run a successful business, where she gets her drive and motivation from, and how she feels about turning 50.
Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>